Join Erica Busserhaney, international psychic medium and host of Whispers from the Heart Radio. Listen as she interviews some of the best psychics, mediums, holistic practitioners, authors, speakers, and paranormal experts in the country. Radio for your heart, mind, and spirit. Sundays at 9 p.m. CST at Listen Live at ColdCasePsychic.com. For those that don't know, <clears throat> CST is Central Standard Time. And I should have him re-record it, but I think it's just so cute in his voices as well. So um, welcome to the show tonight. Unfortunately, I don't know, drum roll, we're not going to be able to have callers again. <sighs> Sigh. But we do have our guest this night, um, so I'm so pleased to have her. Um, Royce. Morales has been teaching breakthrough self-discovery for decades. She is an author of three books about her teaching. We're going to talk about those titles soon in the interview. But I'm so excited to have her on because, you know, I think that sometimes when you, you meet different teachers, they are always, I always say the student is out there, the seeker is always out there, and usually you run into the teacher you need at that time, and then your knowledge changes, and then you find another teacher. But with all the teachers that we have, we take something from them, and we pass that on to another person or another generation. So I think with, you know, everything going on with the economy right now, there are people that are struggling. You know, they're struggling spiritually, they're struggling financially, emotionally, the whole body, mind, spirit, and soul concept is kind of crumbling right now. So it's good to have people on like this on the show that spend their life trying to help you get out of the funk, um, trying to find answers for yourself, trying to help you self-heal and empower you. So I welcome Royce Morales to the show. Thank you so much. That was a great introduction, helping people get out of the funk. I like that. Yeah, I'm all about getting out of the funk. Um, You know, even in my self-discovery, you know, um, I come from women that were intuitive and spiritual. And, um, you know, even with that background, we often say that we get get training, you know, how to be the perfect mom, how to be the perfect wife, how to be – but we don't we don't get that self knowledge of self that self knowledge of intuition of self love and so you know tonight the the subject is want true love past lives and other complications cuz right now in covid times 2020 the curse word 2020 Things are complicated, guys. Things are super complicated. And, you know, I have a lot of listeners out there. You know, I'm not the love psychic, uh, normally known as a love psychic. I'm the dead psychic. But, you know, there's a lot of my clients out there that are looking for true love, and there's a lot of them that are feeling connections with people that are, you know, truly life lessons, not so much soulmates. We're going to talk about all that stuff tonight. And some of it does have a past life. You know, I've had clients say, well, you know, this person, I just can't let them go. I don't know why. They feel like we have a past life connection. So you asked for it. Royce is here to talk all about that. So let's start a little bit about, you know, how did you start seeking? You know, we're all seeking now. You know, was there a time in your life that you were seeking, you know, for different religions, you know, different big life question answers? I arrived here seeking. <laughs> I used to drive my poor mother crazy because she was she was an intellect and she didn't understand any of this stuff. She just wanted facts and information. And I was asking her questions like, what's the meaning of life and what happens when we die? And she would just kind of roll her eyes at me and give me, a you know, an answer that would sort of placate me. But it never really worked. And I'm talking like three years old, four years old, I would wow. be asking these things. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, once I became able to go on my own journey um, at probably the ripe age of maybe 15 or so, I started reading philosophy and religion and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And of course, it was, you know, back in druggy days. So I was doing all that stuff, psychedelics and, and it just nothing, nothing answered those questions. And then, you know, as I got older, I did personal development classes and spiritual trainings, all kinds of stuff. And it would just always kind of, it was a high, it felt good, but then I would go home and my life would be the same, you know? So it was very frustrating and I just couldn't understand why nothing stuck and why nothing really answered those deepest questions that I had that, you know, that I started asking when I was four. 
talk about religion, because even in college, you know, I, I think that this is so hit or miss nowadays, but one of the classes that I had to take was world religions because, you know, I was born uh, in Pensacola, Florida. You know, we're in the Bible Belt, as a lot of people will say, and me being psychic is not Bible Beltish, but I'm out of oh, yeah. the closet with that <laughs> many, many years ago. Um, so the, the thing is, you know, I learned from different religions, different things that were taboo, like meditation. What was that? You know, mm-hmm. were there things, you know, and I love the fact that you were, we're saying a lot of people are awakening now. You were woke at three years old. Wow. <laughs> um, kind of woke. <laughs> and, you know, uh, you mentioned about, you know, the 70s and whatnot and the, the different drug scene. You know, and there's a lot of people now that are looking at some of those things, the psychedelics per se, mm-hmm. um, the natural medicines, and they, like with marijuana, I don't partake in that, but I have a lot of friends that are helping, you know, that are doing uh, herbal medicine and, you know, those type of medicines to help people get off of stronger medicines and help them right. with their mental illness. Um, and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, spiritual things that, you know, you did back then, spiritual awakening. So I think that's really good to highlight that, you know, not pro or against, whatever works for you. Um, right. But, yeah, we did learn a lot from the 70s, and some of that stuff is definitely coming back. Well, not even just the 70s. I mean, back that in that time span. And a lot of it is coming back, and we're finding out that, you know, plant-based medicine is where it's at. Um, yeah. So let's talk about were there any things in, in some of those teachings, you know, because I know for me, um, you know, learning about meditation was very helpful. Um, in those early learnings of different religions, was there anything that kind of stuck out for, for you that was different from your mainstream belief system? Um, well, I wasn't raised religious, so I didn't have any of that to fall back upon. So I would kind of look, I, you know, I, I would hang out with Quakers and I would go to um, oh, what's that one called? Um, Christian Science. Oh, Christian okay. Science. Okay. And Buddhism and all kinds of interesting religious organizations. And I, I would feel good there, you know, and I found that there were always maybe things that would kind of tie them all together. Like they were all talking about love one another and they're all talking about being good people and all of that. And, there, you know, it had that, that string of connection to it. But the religious aspect never pulled at me. It never said, oh, you know, now you need to go to church and now you need to be religious and, you know, believe in God. I mean, I even, <laughs> this is like a family story that, you know, my parents never lived down. But we were driving in the car one day, and this is probably when I was about 10, and I was you know, still questioning and asking and doing all these, you know, driving my poor mother crazy. But I I was so frustrated. I just announced to the whole family that I swear to God, I'm an atheist. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. And everybody laughed. And I'm like, why are you laughing? Oh, because I swear to God, I'm an atheist. Yeah. But it was that kind of thing that I wanted it so much that it wasn't there. You know, it didn't have that, that meatiness to it or the, you know, the, the soul level to it. It was just words and concepts, which is what I always talk to my students about. It's like you can, you can have those beautiful quotes on the wall or you can say affirmations till you're, you know, <laughs> blue in the face. But if it's not real for you, it's not going to work. So wow. it has to be real. It has to be in, in the gut. So I speak. love that. I love that. And that leads me to my next question. But, yes. you know, I just want to shout out to all those people that share those wonderful memes on uh, social media. And yes. what she just said is important to notice. Um, often I will, you know, look at memes that, are pe- that people are sharing. And, you know, I will share some as well. But a lot of times you just never know when that one meme will touch someone so deeply mm-hmm. that it yeah. starts a transformation. And so so kind of, you know, I want to talk about in this in this era now where you mentioned, you know, the thing that was common in most of the religions that you were studying and the people that you were meeting was love. Love was the, was pretty much the the common denominator. Um, and in this world now we have, you know, so much pain and anger and confusion and hopelessness. Yes. What what made you start teaching to kind of, you know, and still teach to kind of get rid of that vibration if love was the undernominating uh, force that, you know, how do we get from, how, why did you start teaching? 
Okay. Wow, that's a lot of questions in one. But I famous for that. (laughs) Honestly, it was because of my own frustration. I would do these trainings or I would do the spiritual work. And like I said, I would come home and I'd be, you know, yelling at my husband or flipping people off on the freeway because it wouldn't stick. So when I started teaching, when people literally started arriving in my life asking me, you know, what do you know? (laughs) You seem to know a lot of stuff. And so when people started arriving in my living room and and I had to come up with things to say, I I wasn't, I couldn't just say to people, well, you should just love, (laughs) you know, because I knew that wouldn't work. Like, Like I said, it would feel good. They'd, you know, they'd feel high for a while, but you know, the next day they'd be calling me up going, I'm pissed at my husband. I don't know what to do about it. So I started really asking, um, you know, I, I was trained as a channeler. And so I, I was starting to ask, hey, anybody out there, help me here because I need to give people answers. I don't have the answers, obviously. I've been looking my whole life, but somebody out there must have the answers. And so so I found that when I started to teach people, these words would start coming out of my mouth. And it wasn't really like channeling per se. It was just like being open to the, the, the wisdom of the universe. And it was just coming out of me. It was like I was a catalyst for it. And the information would come out and I'd go, oh, wow, <laughs> that's a good one. Okay, let's do that one. And it would work not only on me, but on others. And people's lives would transform. And people would be able to get to, to the point where, they could really love and it wasn't coming from, you know, putting on a, a spiritual act or, you know, doing the spiritual bypass as they say nowadays, but it was real. So that, that I guess kind of explains the answer to your question. I don't it know. Did. It did <laughs> most definitely. Um, I think that it's really awesome that you're teaching and you're helping to heal people and empowering them because, you know, um, like you said, you did your own self, your self-education, trying to find answers for yourself, you know, going through different classes and workshops and teaching and realizing that at some point, you know, it wasn't sticking, so there had to be something more. And it's just like those memes, again, that we see on Facebook a lot in social media. You know, you read it, it, it connects to you, and you want to make that change. You know, you want to stop that behavior, but those words are just words. Um, You have to dig up to the root of the yes. subconscious and reprogram some blocks. And I hear you do that very well, teaching people how to do that. So yes. tell me a little bit about that. That's exactly what I do. I help people get to the roots um, because some of the stuff that we're programmed with goes, you know, not only in this life, but it goes into past lives, which I'm sure we'll get into when we talk about my books. But um, the roots of those issues, the roots of those beliefs about ourselves, the roots of feeling like we don't deserve or feeling like, you know, we're going to sabotage ourselves or we're going to, you know, because everything that is in there is affecting us all of the time and we're not conscious of it. So we read these little memes and some part of us says, yeah, that's right. But how do I get there? (laughs) So that's, that's where I, where my classes come in because I show people how to get there, how to remove the stuff that's in the way of really, living that truth and living from love and living from deservingness and living from joy, you know, because we all want that. Everybody wants the same things, you know, but we just, we, we try and we try and we try and we just can't seem to get there. So we get hopeless and we give up. Yeah. Yeah. So basically if you were, you know, one of those people like, you know, again, we all share uh, quotes and we all want to make some self changes um, in our lives and, you know, it, We talk a lot about, you know, writing things down, writing goals, doing vision boards, um, walking the walk, not just talking the talk. But sometimes if you don't have, like I always tell people, you can't, if if I don't know how to cook or bake a cake, I'm not going to be able to bake one from scratch. I'm going to have to get some directions. So, you know, sometimes like you, you know, you would have to go to someone like you that has already baked the cake, it tastes really good, you can show me how to do it, and then after you've taught me how to do it, I can then do it myself. So um, let me tell you where to go to get more information about our guest, Royce, um, tonight, perfectlifeawakening.com. And you can also check out her website um, by going to her name. Um, And did I just delete that? (laughs) I think I did. (laughs) I know it's it's highlighted, so I can't see it. Okay, so Royce, uh, Royce, 
Martin. I can't even pronounce Morales. Morales. My my brain was doing three things. I had that like brain fog. <laughs> that brain fog. Okay. Uh Royce um Morales.com. So um, either yeah. way, you can get her at perfectlifeawakening.com, which I think is really cool. It should be something that snaps with you. Um, and, you know, I've been seeing a lot of, um, and I've been posting a lot too, to be honest, but, you know, I've been seeing a lot of posts about people that are breaking generational curses. And it's not really just a curse. It's just really a mindset, you know, things that yeah. you have been programmed to. Um, in yeah. your lifetime and, and starting new and shifting and being different and um, those type of things. So, again, if you're wanting to dig down to the root of why you can't stop doing things or why you're not moving or why you're not um, in the place that you feel that you need to be, um, definitely okay. check out our guests. Um, and I think yeah. as empaths, you know, I think we're all somewhat healing. At a, you know, I think empaths are always healing. We're always hurt affected by the things that are around us um, if we don't know how to protect ourselves. But, you know, learning these lessons is very important. So let's talk about um, your spiritual wake-up call, you know, and the book, um, No. Tell me what that, that book is about and why you wrote it. Uh, no, and sure. <laughs> it always sounds like I'm saying no, but it's K-N-O-W, No, A Spiritual Wake-Up Call. Um, that's the book that I wrote that really talks very specifically about some of the stuff that I teach. So um, I've been teaching for decades, and every time I have a student, they always say to me, Royce, you really need to turn this into a book. And I always roll my eyes and go, no, it really needs to be in person. It really needs to be experiential. It really needs to be in a small group. And I fought it tooth and nail because I just felt as though you know, the information is so powerful. I just didn't kind of want it out there without supervision, so to speak. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so finally, after decades, um, I, I realized that, okay, maybe it's okay now. Maybe the world is ready for this. So I wrote the book and it kind of goes step by step um, into what I teach. And it talks about some of the techniques that I use and explains how life works, <laughs> give you all the answers right there in that book. And, um, it has little little exercises at the end of each chapter and lots of examples. I used, um, you know, I changed the names, of course, but I used some stu real student examples of, you know, what happens from the work and some of the issues that were brought to me to um, help with. So that's pretty much how it, how it works. Um, you know, but I also, besides the book, I also have an e-course and I also do um, groups. Uh, of course, everything's online now, but it would be a kind of like a webinar where we, you know, where I'm there and I give you the information and I take you through the, the process and it's a six-week course. So I, I really recommend doing it that way. But if you're the kind of person that likes to read and likes to get information about stuff, then, you know, do it that way. It's great too. I think it's great that you have the opportunity of either doing it in person or doing it like, you know, for someone who's maybe in another country, another state that can't readily get to you, or maybe, you know, some people are shy where, you know, they want to kind of self-learn. Mm -hmm. um, I'm probably, I'm not a shy person, but I love to self-learn. I love to like yeah. sit in my bathtub and read some things and <laughs> listen to some things. And that's kind of, mm -hmm. and I don't think you would probably want to do web zoom with <laughs> No. <laughs> so, that would so, be <laughs> that'd be an interesting class. Um, it would be, yeah. But, uh, yeah, transform transformational teaching, um, anything to do with self-sabotaging patterns, how to break yeah. free from limits, how to yeah. know, again, know, um, you mm -hmm. know, just how to awaken spiritually, how to help you around your journey, how to be profound and know yourself. All of that is in this book, guys, so go to perfectlifeawakening.com. Um, and you can also get this on Amazon. That's, you know, I love that about, you know, authors. You know, we can just Google you, you know, and Royce yeah. Morales <laughs> and find you on Amazon and just buy all your books or buy them from her website. It'd probably be better for her to buy from the website. Um, either, either way is fine. Either way, just buy her book. Um, yeah, there you go. So, you know, let's talk about the next book. I, you know, I um, think it's wonderful. I've seen, if anybody's seen the movie Waiting to Exhale, um, remember when girlfriend had the husband that wasn't taking care of business and wasn't doing right? Now, she probably could have read this book 
this notebook <laughs> and would have known to get out of that long time ago. But let's just say she stayed. Um, your next book is uh, Back, and I love that you kind of have no back and want. I love the want. The want is, ooh, I'm ready for that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, you know, the, the Back book talks about rebirth after a stroke. And so yeah. I want to talk a little bit about how your husband's stroke affected you. Well, um, that was actually the last book that I wrote. The the want book was actually the first book, but that's okay. It doesn't have to go in any order. Okay. But um, back, A Rebirth After Stroke, uh, started being written when my husband experienced a massive, a very unexpected stroke at the age of 57, which is very young. He's very healthy and very strong, very athletic. And it was just a shock on every level rushed him to the emergency room, and I just started posting stuff on Facebook because um, I wanted my friends and my students and anybody that knows me, I wanted them to, to know what was going on. But rather than just saying my husband had a stroke, I'm kind of wordy, and I'm also a spiritual teacher, so I started posting these very long, um, detailed kind of lessons that I was learning from observing this and from being in this situation, this terrifying situation, because, you know, we've been together for 30 years. And so I would write these, these very um, raw, very open, very authentic posts. And I would get hundreds of people liking them and making comments and, you know, all the stuff that people do on Facebook before it got kind of weird. But <laughs> yeah, it then, did get kind of weird. It got yeah, very weird. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote, he was in the hospital for six weeks and I never left his side and I just kept posting every single day. And by the time I took him home, um, you know, I told everybody, okay, we're going home. And I had a bunch of people say to me, oh my God, you have no idea how powerful your words are. You know, I've been like hanging on your words and you should turn this into a book. And this is so important. It's not just for people that have had strokes. It's like anybody that's going through anything that's traumatic and scary and life-changing so I said okay fine <laughs> and so I started writing little chapters every time I'd have a break taking care of my husband and by the end of the second year of being his caregiver his full-time caregiver um, I wrote a book and I self-published it uh, the title all of the titles of my book you, you'll appreciate this they all kind of come to me intuitively and that one definitely came to me intuitively. And unfortunately, um, once you have a stroke that's that dramatic, you know, it can take years, absolute, you know, maybe 20 years for somebody to, to completely uh, be healed. So, you know, I was thinking, oh, I'll write this book and, you know, give it a few months and he'll be fine. And, you know, we'll live happily ever after. He'll be back. But it's been five and a half years and he's still not even close to being back. So it's it's been quite a journey. It really has. I've learned so much <laughs> from this experience. So, yeah. And I think you sharing, uh, you know, the experience. Um, I have a, a friend of mine on Facebook who went through uh, cancer, and um, he shared his journey. And it was, you know, because we knew Paul, you know, we knew paranormal Paul and his wife. Um, it made it so much easier to accept. And, you know, he was, he had courage. And I like that, you know, you said the best part of that book is never, the message is never give up. He never gave up. You know, his family stuck by him as you did your husband um, and helped, you know, helped your husband heal. And, and I think with sharing it, you know, anybody who's dealt with that, they kind of gave you compassion and prayer. Um, I'm sure people were praying for you and your family most definitely, which definitely works. Um, and I just want to take this moment out because we just lost um, Chadwick Bossman um, um, and his struggle with cancer and, you know, kind of keeping it. Um, I keep things as well, and he chose to keep um, his health, his illness secret, um, I think for many reasons, so that he would be judged by his performance and not his illness. Um, but I think it's just, you know, empowering that people share, um, if they want to share their stories, because you just never know how it might help heal someone. And those that don't want to share like myself, 
um, more power to you as well. But just um, I do appreciate you sharing your story about your husband and the stroke in the book because, you know, it probably a person doesn't have it, have to have a stroke, but if another wife were dealing with something like cancer Right. any other illness, knowing that you got through it and the courage that you showed and probably the anger at times because, you know, when you're dealing with doctors and hospitals and you're the patient advocate, you're you're not going to be happy every time, and that was okay. And I'm sure yeah. just expressing that, you know, made it easier for other people, that, especially mm-hmm. with COVID right now when, you know, there are mm-hmm. so many people that don't have an opportunity to be a, a participant in, in the health or, or the um overcoming of their um their loved one in the hospital they right. basically can't see them so uh, guys go to her website again perfectlifeawakening.com um and look at this book now it is about her husband and the experiences of you know his intensive care how she felt confused and helpless how she was barely able to stay you know just there there were so many things going on at the time as she struggled to help be her husband's um advocate in his health and help him so definitely check that out because i'm sure we all can relate to it and it's available in ebook as well and amazon and all that good stuff so check it out and and just to add something more to that just to it wasn't even i mean all of that stuff was important about the book but every single chapter has a spiritual lesson behind it you know because i am the the seeker and the dig you know i'm trying to find the roots and and understand why things happen i mean that's been my entire life's journey so that was probably one of the first things i started doing was to meditate on that and why why did we go through this what were we supposed to learn you know what is this showing me about myself where where am i um, still in denial about certain things about myself. So, you know, it's what I teach my students and it's what I learned firsthand going through this experience with my husband. So that's that's really the message behind it. That That is a wonderful point because I, I did ask myself the same thing. And I think for me, um, root, sh- not root chakra, solar plexus, my want, uh-huh. <laughs> my will, <laughs> Definitely, Um, and uh, that had something to do with my situation, definitely. But um, So let's talk about, um, I'm glad that your husband is making a recovery, and those out there that will listen, continue, or send prayer, and for those that are friends that are listening, continue to pray for her family. Because like she said, it's it's not just a snap and magic when it's all done. Sometimes, you know, those things linger on. So I want to talk about the other books, Book. I, I think this book is spicy. I don't know. I just when I started <laughs> listening to it, I kind of like had a lifetime movie in my head playing of you know this teacher classroom with this hot student that walked in and he was glistening and sweating with the little tanness on him. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, he's very good looking, but I'm the teacher, so let me snap out of that and be spiritual again. I just played this whole scenario in my head, and I was like, wow, this could be a Lifetime movie. Man, this yeah, is a novel. I keep hoping that somebody picks it up as, as a Lifetime movie because I have that same thought. It would be so interesting. It really would, yeah. Yeah. Anybody out there listening, pick it up. We need it as a movie, definitely. Definitely. I mean, want. I mean, want. The whole want mm-hmm. thing had me. At, you had me at want, girl. Then true love <laughs> had me, then past lives and other complications. When I heard other complications, my mind started really going. I was thinking, wow, is he married? I mean, what are the complications? Is he too young? <laughs> is he just out of jail? <laughs> just going and going again. Okay, so no further ado, uh, let's talk about this book. Um, You know, I think oftentimes in in this situation, especially empaths and us meeting people, and, you know, I find that people are drawn to our energy because we're so caring and loving at times. And sometimes people are sent sent to you for a reason, season, not a lifetime. Mm -hmm. I say that all the time. Um, yeah. But there are other people that are drawn to you because you have similar wounds. Um, some are past life. You feel like maybe there's a past life connection. I have talked to a lot of women and men that just can't shake a relationship because they feel so deeply rooted, using your words, in their energy. Um, so, you know, oftentimes we meet people, guys, and, you know, we just feel like there's some kind of spiritual connection. So we're going to talk about Richard. Richard meets a spiritual teacher, and yes. 
then it gets juicy. So tell us what happens, or tell us, tell us, a, tell us a little bit. See, I, I was really like in this book. I don't know. I was like, does she risk it all? I mean, y'all got to go and get the book to find out. We're gonna talk a little bit about it, but you got to go to perfectlifeawakening.com because you know Richard is going. He's a student. He's going to walk in this classroom. There's this married spiritual teacher. And she's going to like him, I guess. I don't know. She's going to maybe risk it all. I don't know. So let's talk about this book. Uh, what made you write it? Is this, a, if, is this like something from, you know, like a, a SUV, you know, stripped from your personal headlines, laid on the paper kind of thing? <laughs> no, actually, it's a fictionalized true story. Uh, everybody's name has been changed, and of course, it's about me. But you know, I'm fictionalized in the in the book. But it was, um, you know, I've had a lot of experiences where people I meet people and I just instantly have a, a spiritual connection with them. That's not unusual for me anymore. And a lot of times, I've explored it either privately or with them. You know, we try to figure out, well, where do I know you from? But when this guy walked into my class, not only did I have an instant like connection with him I literally saw kind of an overlay if you can imagine kind of a a, a mask <laughs> a different kind of mask a plastic overlay image of a Native American headdress appeared on his head and I just you know I, I looked and I kind of shook my head and I'm like what's going on here wow. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to be the the, uh, the calm, level-headed teacher, you know, making sure that everybody's comfortable and I'm giving out all this information. I, I kept looking over at him and seeing this headdress. And, you know, it went from there and it got very, very, very intense. Um, and I was told spiritually right from the beginning, intuitively or psychically, what, however you want to call it, that this person is your soulmate, but you're not supposed to be together. And of course, <laughs> because I'm human, um, I wanted to be together because I had such an intense attraction to him. Um, but we, it just didn't happen. There I was, happily married. There was nothing wrong in my marriage or the spiritual teacher's marriage. And uh, he was happily married too. But we both had this kind of uh, sort of bizarre connection. And it took me about a year of being his teacher, and I finally said, hey, um, I have this kind of real strong connection with you. Would you like to explore it with me? And so we would get together almost weekly, and we would um, do what I refer to as an open meditation. And what that means is we were in a meditative state, and we would ask for information, and both of us would simultaneously get the same lifetime or the same image or the same message and we would be sharing it out loud with each other and sometimes it would be a lifetime that we would both have very clear distinct memories about and we would talk about it and we would kind of go through it and feel it and then we would understand what was going on with us and we'd be able to you know um, make sense of all of this because he was feeling it too <laughs> so the book goes into all of that it goes into you know several lifetimes that came up for us um, information about the work that I do but applying it in a relationship sense so that it really becomes very tangible very palatable um, so that's that's what that book is about and again it's filled with teachings it's filled with information but it's a really dramatic story and I'm not going to tell you how it ends but you gotta get the book guys it sounds spicy though book. I'm just saying <laughs> I yeah. had my own spice to it, but I think there there has to be some of those touch and go moments where yeah. you know it's just you never know. <laughs> yeah, you have some of those moments. Yes. <laughs> so, so definitely go to her website again, uh, perfectlifeawakening.com, and get the book. Um, and you know, ask these questions: Does she risk it all? You know, um, but it is interesting. I uh, posted, I think this is cute, um, because I have this problem, too, a lot when I meet people, you know, as a medium doing gallery readings and teaching as well. Um, women and men, you know, are drawn to me, not necessarily, you know, want to date and all that stuff that has happened, but I always say I don't flirt, I just talk. It's not my fault everything I say is smoother than cream cheese spread on your bagel. 
I saw I saw that meme the other day, and I just laughed, and I said, I've got to keep that in mind. Um, so, so she was just smoother than the cream cheese on his bagel. And, um, you know, I think the, the connection to the past, that, that, you know, we meet people and we instantly feel drawn to them, and usually there's a reason that that meeting happens. And yeah. so the intense things, like, you you know, I'm sure you've met people that have met somebody and they think, oh, this person is definitely my soulmate, there's that connection. And like you said, maybe they are your soulmate. Maybe there is a past life connection. Maybe there's a strong, intense connection. But they're not always supposed to be with you forever. Sometimes they're to teach you life lessons. And I, I've had that in my own life as well with people that I just feel were there to teach me a lesson, and, and, and that was it. Um, how do you feel about soulmates and true love? I mean, yeah. I was just going to say, let me talk about soulmates a little bit, because people have <laughs> I'm a really... Psychic, I'm just saying. <laughs> you are so psychic, I tell you. <laughs> but, yeah, people a lot of times, and a lot of it, of course, is Hollywood doing, but a lot of times people have this notion that soulmates are, you know... Um, they're romantic and they're arm in arm walking off into the sunset together and they never have a problem. And, you know, it's that type of thing. But in my experience, and I, you know, my middle name is skeptic. I have to tell you everything that I have learned has been because it's gone through the ringer <laughs> of my skepticism. And I had reached a point, not only of questioning that God exists, but questioning about soulmates too, because it just, it seemed I don't know, phony, tacky, um, an easy label to put on something. Uh, and when I started to teach and I would have these people that would walk in and say, oh, I met my soulmate, you know, and then two weeks later they'd broke, break up, you know, it, I, it really kind of added to my, my kind of cynicism about it. But when I met Richard, <laughs> this guy, or when the spiritual teacher met Richard, and all of those things that I had been, you know, bad mouthing and saying, Oh God, this is so stupid. This is so, you know, clear spiritual cliche and all of that. When it started to happen to me, I couldn't deny it. But what I realized about soulmates is that they really are, you know, the yin yang thing. They are your other half. And what that means is they're going to reflect to you parts of yourself that you're in the deepest denial of. So this particular guy that the spiritual teacher met brought up every single hidden, shadowy, denied aspect of the teacher that she didn't want to look at. And he was so good at it. He knew all the right things to do or say. And I did all the right things to him, too. So we weren't able to connect on a romantic level. I don't just be in each other's life for a couple of years and be the best teacher we've ever had for each other and then move on. But that connection is always there. It's a permanent connection. Um, and I know for a fact that this guy was absolutely my soulmate. <laughs> yeah. But I've had other, other very strong spiritual relationships that were not soulmate. You know, my husband right now, we're, we have an incredibly strong spiritual connection, but we're definitely not soulmates. So, you know, it all really depends on what are you supposed to learn what is this person bringing out in you? What are they showing you about yourself? And I think eventually when you do learn everything you're supposed to learn, then you can reconnect with your soulmate and it can be, you know, smooth sailing and no issues. But until you get to that point, you're gonna, that person is going to bring it all and put it in your face. <laughs> yeah, and, and I like that you said that, and I was going to amen you, but you were talking that <laughs> the the people that we meet that are soulmates are our yin and yang um, because yeah. they are our opposites. I will definitely yeah. say me and my husband are opposites from the way we look to the color of our skin. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, we're, we're just, we're different. You know, I'm outgoing, charismatic, and crazy, and he's very uh, scientific and logical and intelligent and, and, and quiet. You know, you probably, he's in the other room, you wouldn't even hear him had it not been for the television. But, you know, there are so many people that meet people instantly, um, you know, and they feel like you said, oh, this is my soulmate, this is my soulmate. Um, because there is this romanticized notion of, 
you know, I think I'm not blaming the Vampire Diary, uh, Vampire <laughs> novels, but, you know, some of those Harlequin Quinn romance type of things messed it up for us ladies and men. You know, because oh, here's yeah. this guy that, oh, my gosh, I see him from afar, and, you know, he's everything, you know, all this and this and that, and then you really meet him, and they're none of that. So, mm-hmm. um, and, okay. and, and so I like the fact that you said they're the shadow of ourselves. So you're mm-hmm. going to see things in your soulmate that you don't want to see in yourself. I love that. I'm an amen that times ten. Um, <laughs> but I think it's hard in in this in this 20th century with the tender and the you know just mm. availability of pe- women mm. and men on both sides and the side the side relationships and just all these other factors. You know, back when other people were dating other generations, it was more. You know, there was monogamy. There might be some size situations going on, but the Internet has made this, like, rampant. So it's kind of hard, you know, for women and men to find their soulmate. I think they find a lot of people that have been, you know, on game or street game, and they know all the things to say to appear to be that soulmate, and they hook you in. And they're not really truthfully who they appear to be online. And so I just tell my ladies and my men, be careful. Go to her website, perfectawakening.com, learn about these situations, and, you know, if you need some services, she's available. I love that she has these blogs um, where she talks, and she, you know, she's a teacher, so she's going to be teaching, guys. Um, five <laughs> days ago, she had on her blog, and I love the pictures, by the way, truth or nothing but the truth. So, you know, again, there's going to be lessons that you can learn from her. Um, let's talk about are people afraid of love? I was kind of getting into that a little bit. I mean, if I were out there right now, not married, and had to go back in the scene, I would be so afraid. I mean, why are people afraid to love? Wow, that's a real core teaching that I get into so deeply because it is so deep in us. But just to kind of make it a little bit more superficial, that's positive, whether it be love or deserving or money or time or health, any of those things, there's a part of us that really loves to sabotage all of that. Um, And I talk about that a lot in my course. I talk about why is it that we feel so low deserving? You know, we just feel this, this lack of worthiness in us. And I help people get down to the roots of that so that they can experience love and not sabotage it. Because I found that you know, and, and I discovered all this in my relationship. I discovered this on my wedding night <laughs> to my husband. You know, there we were in this blissful wedded night, and we were so in love, and we were so connected. And all of a sudden, I was just like, oh, I can't stand this guy. What the hell did I do? You know, and I looked at him, and I realized what was going on. And I said, you know what? I think I'm having a fear of love attack. And what happens from that is anytime love gets bigger or let's say we win the lottery or we get a promotion or suddenly everybody's, you know, you're famous, whatever it is, there's a part of us that has to sabotage that because we're so terrified of it because what if I was lovable? You know, what would that mean? Would that mean that I really deserve? No, got to destroy it. I've got to get rid of it. I've got to be afraid of it. So it's all, it all happens subconsciously, but when you start to realize what's going on, it's like, oh, okay, there's that fear of love stuff again. You can, you know, pretty much nip it in the bud to at least figure out what's going on so you don't have to buy into it and have it, you know, I I was about to walk out of my honeymoon suite. (laughs) But luckily I figured that out pretty fast so I could make a different choice. But it's that powerful, you know. I mean, you go out on a weekend, you know, get away with your husband and the next thing you know, you're, you're fighting. You know, why is that? Well, fear of love just got triggered. So, yeah, it happens all the time. Love is scary. Uh, Trusting is scary. And, you know, for the empath, again, a lot of my clients are very empathic. Um, You know, giving up your love, you know, trusting that person to love you, probably not to the same degree because no one can love as you love, but, you know, being able to knock down those guards and allowing the trust and the love that is fearful. It's the unknown. You know, a lot of people stay in relationships that they probably shouldn't be in because they fear of moving on 
Um, Mm -hmm. and they know what they're dealing with. They don't have to go out there back into that big sea of fish and, you know, maybe catch a shark or maybe catch something else. You never know. So I think that is important, you know, that we we do self-sabotage ourselves. Sometimes we don't feel we're deserving of love, and so we, we choose either to avoid it you know, maybe not appreciate the good love that you do have that's in your life that loves you unconditionally and, and loves you on the real, real. And you might find that this other love that's not necessarily good for you, but it's hurtful. It You know, it, it makes you feel like you're, you're loved um, because you fear of change or fear of self-love. And so I always say work on self. You know, that's an everyday thing for us. Um, as, as humans, we're working on ourselves to be better, not competing, but being better each day. Um, and work on self-love. So if you can self-love, then you can love someone else. Um, I also liked, um, I, I was looking at different blog posts that you could put. Um, and I wanted to talk about attachments. That kind of leads me into the next thing about attachments, because I find that a lot of my clients, again, are are in some type of type of attachment situation. So, would you kind of expand on that a little bit? Why is it so hard to let go of attachments? Well, it kind of goes back to what I was saying. It's it's fear of deserving. You know, if I really deserve. I'm I'm not going to be clinging to anything because I know that I'll be able to attract anything that I want. Um, I don't need to hold on. I don't need to be attached to anything. Um, And it really goes down to how much do I really love myself? You know, because if I'm really loving myself, I can absolutely trust the world. I can trust the universe. I can trust my life. I can trust, you know, God or whatever you want to call it to support me. And there wouldn't have, there wouldn't be that fearful, desperate clinging to anything, you know. And I think in in our society, it's just rampant that we're just so, (laughs) you know, we kind of built the whole society around clinging and owning and possessing. And, you know, we have insurance policies and we have locks on our doors and we have, you know, all this stuff that we do just to protect us from losing and once you let go of that, that desperate attached place that we come from, you know, and, and start to see that, wow, I've been kind of subconsciously pushing things away by being so attached, you know, then things can really stay from, from choice and not from fear. So, yeah. That is kind of true because, you know, when you get married or you're in a relationship, you know, there's that ownership of it. There is, this is my boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife or whatever, and and so there's such insecurity in that because the only person that you can control are you, you you know, you can't control them or their behavior or how they feel. And so, you know, I think people grasp on and they cling to that because they might feel that they're out of control and all these other things and they feel, you know, that they can control that one person and grasp on to them so tight that they can't leave or let go and that usually is the counter is counterproductive because it does the opposite but we are taught from a young child you know um to grab to cling to hold to not let go so we are attached to things you know yeah. from from our favorite toy that we don't want to share um and then mm-hmm. it gets like you said it gets into you know if you self love you have the boundaries that you need you learn you know it's it's not like it comes overnight but you learn the boundaries and the self respect and the self love so if you're in these situations of of attachment you're not you're not necessarily so attached to it anymore because if they don't meet the guidelines and the boundaries and the respect that you deserve and the love that you want reciprocated to you in some form or fashion, you're able to walk away and, and just know that, um, you know, it's better to love than lost and never to love at all. But um, do you find that um, that's easy to teach people to um, in your in your studies and your teaching? No, it's probably one of the hardest things because um, we are terrified all the time. We're terrified of loss. And a lot of that is because we haven't really resolved some of our previous losses. We're still kind of holding on energetically to all of that. One of the things I talk a lot about, and, you know, people get kind of annoyed with me. <laughs> they love it, but they get annoyed with me. But I talk about the mirror, and I talk about how everything is a reflection of some aspect of you, which is basically what I was talking about with my soulmate. You know, we desperately want to find out what we're in denial of. 
So we attract or we see or we perceive situations and people and events uh, to show us that and to teach us what we're really suppressing about ourselves, what we're in denial of about ourselves. So, um, you know, if I'm in denial of something about myself and I'm desperately clinging to my husband so that I don't have to look at that part of myself, eventually my higher consciousness is going to, you know, set it up so that he goes away so that I can ultimately look at, you know, why was I so afraid of losing him? What, what is that about? And that's, you know, one of the things that I, I had to learn real fast when he had his stroke. So, you know, all these mirrors going on all the time of what we're not seeing about ourselves. And when we finally start looking at life like that and we see that everything shows up to teach us about ourselves, you know, something that we need to see that we've forgotten or we've suppressed or we've denied or some lifetime that's showing up, you know, all of that stuff starts showing up for us. Um, you know, it, it makes it a lot easier. It really does. And that is people how to do. I teach, give people the tools to do that. And and I love that not only do you provide these services in the blog and different things, I, I am always, and my clients will, you know, will tell anybody, oh, she won't read you more than once or, you know, she won't read you every week or every month, maybe every six months, because like I explained to them, I give you tools to empower yourself, you know, yeah. and so I, I love that about you. And I am a fan of mirrors. I have antique mirrors all in my house. Um, and so I think most of them are haunted. That's why I'm drawn to them. But um, so I have those attachments. But I do, I do know that you know we talk about there. There's a lot of things and quotes about this that when you look in the mirror, and you look at yourself, or actually when you look in the mirror, and if you were to put someone like an enemy or someone that you don't like in the mirror, looking looking at them. The things that you don't like about them, you know, say you don't like them because they're bossy, you don't like them because they're, you know, this or that or blah, 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 those are all shadows of yourself and things that you need to address about yourself. And I find that interesting because there are some people in this world that I've had issues with, and then I had to look at what is that a reflection? The way that I feel about them is truly a reflection about me and something that I need to grow about. I'm still working on that neighbor, but uh, <laughs> but but it is true, you know. Like you said, you're you're the girl who, you know, we we have these memes and we have these quotes and we know these things, and sometimes we're not ready to do it. But if we were, you were the you're the lady who we go to at PerfectLifeAwakening.com to get us out of the funk into getting rid of the junk and moving forward. So I like that. I like that. I give people two tools when they become my student. And the first one is a shovel and the second one is a mirror. So that's what it's about. Digging up the roots and seeing what's being reflected to you that you're in denial of about yourself. And it's hard. It is, you know, I work on that all the time still, and I've been doing this for decades but, you know, those mirrors can be very subtle or they can be hitting you in the face. But, you know, it's, it's always an opportunity to see what's going on inside of you. Well, that sounds wonderful. Um, I, I like the concepts of mirrors because, like I said, I'm very drawn to antique mirrors, have tons of them. Um, the older and the golder and the more uh, elegant looking, the better. And I think that that's some past life situation in a Mommy, Deary, a Mommy Dearest movie complex somewhere somewhere <laughs> in my life um <laughs> so with the, the courses and the classes that you talked about that are available on your website um perfectlifeawakening.com um do you do you have um you know a lot of students that refer uh, other people to the classes they had such a great time in the class and do you have students that say come to the class and drag a whole bunch of people and take the class more than once mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's usually that used to be before I did it all online. That was how I was doing it. You know, it was all by referral. Every single student I ever had was sent by their friends. So that was always a nice compliment. And I've had some students for, you know, decades that just keep doing the work and keep digging further down. So, you know, it's um yeah, it that is not unusual at all. Yeah. So bring your friends. Bring your friends. <laughs> so, guys, if you if you listen to this interview tonight, um, and you know, again, we talk the talk all the time, but if you don't have the tools, if you don't have the therapist, if you don't have the life coach, if you don't have the other spiritual guidance to get you from 
A to B to Z, you know, if you're stuck at A right now and you've tried everything that you could, you know, um, you can't bake a cake if you don't know how and don't have the ingredients. So sometimes it takes someone that has already done the work. I always tell people, why reinvent the wheel? I mean, you could spend hours online trying to find this and this and that. Find somebody who's already done it, learn those lessons from them, and and move forward and also better it. So if you want to teach it, you know, don't start from scratch. Find somebody who's taught it before, add to it, you know, uh, strengthen the knowledge, et cetera, et cetera. And I find that that's true. I mean, you know, she's already basically done all the homework. She's she's gone through all the classes. She's, you know, done the reading. She's done the, the a skeptic, I will tell you, because I'm a skeptic, psychic medium, and most people that meet me know Erica is a skeptic. You pretty much have to pull mushrooms and rainbows out your butt as a psychic medium to impress me because I know what I do. Um, you know, so, you know, I think in your situation, because you're such a skeptic about, you know, maybe uh, shifting in, in, in what classes and what techniques would work, um, you've already done all that research, so basically you've formulated a a, a process that does work for your students um, yeah. and help them, again, I like to say change those quotes that you see on Facebook and Instagram and social media every day that y'all are liking and sharing like, like uh, forever in a day. You know, it might have 10,000 <laughs> shares. Everybody's like, uh-huh, girl, yeah, amen to that, and putting all those memes <laughs> and gifs on them. But if you're not yeah. about to do nothing about it, you can okay and amen at all you want to. Let uh, Royce help you take that meme into. And, guys, I want you, if you call her, send her a message. Tell her, Erica said, take that. You're, you're ready to take this meme. Find the meme that you're wanting and help her help you make that a reality. Um, <laughs> is there anything else that you want to share about what you're doing now? Are you working on any books right now? Anything new coming mm-hmm. up? I actually am working on a book right now. Um, one of my my former forever students and I are putting together a book. She's a uh, psychotherapist, and she learned a lot of what she does with her clients from me. And so we're, we are jointly putting together a book that's going to talk about not only um, some of the basic stuff that we both do, but uh, getting into past lives and between lives. So that's what I'm working on right now. And I also wanted to mention that I do individual work. So if you're the kind of person that doesn't want to be in a group, uh, you know, and just wants the individual attention, individual attention, I do inner journey, inner journey work that I, I refer to as spiritual cognition integration, big words, but it's all about um, spiritually resolving that old stuff that's keeping you stuck. So that's what I love to do with people. So she can unstuck the funk and she can do it one-on-one. Um, basically, and you can contact her. We're going to go to a little quick commercial about ohmstore.com. Ohmgiftstore.com, your inspirational, spiritual, metaphysical, holistic, and religious online gift store. We offer a full array of metaphysical products, psychic and mediumship readings, books, pendulums, divination tools, sage, palo santo, crystals, tarot cards, and more. All spiritual paths welcome. Phone readings available. There is no place like OM. OMGiftStore.com. 850-941-4321. When I tell people my number, I say 850-941-4321. Blast off. Um, So, yeah, that's one of the um, many things that we have available at OM Store um, that has metaphysical products that can ship to your home. Um, It is my own personal store that I'm proud of. And also, guys, we just started a new business. We have the um, the psychic directories. I'm actually have someone building about three or four of them. So we'll have the International Holistic Association directory. We'll have the International Certified Psychic Association directory, and we will have the international. I forgot there's so many different ones. But anyway, so yeah, if you want to participate in that, they're available. The links will um, be on the my website, coldcasepsychic.com, and you can join that. Um, We're also working on the Psychic Schoolhouse uh, Facebook page, so join that if you have anything that you want to share. It's basically going to turn into a a holistic sharing group 
where you can post, um, you know, memes and things like that, things for self-empowerment. So that's available to join. Um, our guest tonight just want to thank you so much, Royce, for being uh, part of the show. It's been really fun. Um, thank you. Tell us your website and your contact information again if anybody would love to get in touch with you and get some of this wonderful stuff to get them unthumped. Yep, it's RoyceMorales.com or PerfectLifeAwakening.com. And I would love to have anybody that's listening tonight sign up for my course or some individual work. Thank you. Yeah, she's uh, she's basically the person to go to, guys. Um, she has a lot of good information, um, even the blog. If you get to that, get a chance to read the blog. There's a lot of uh, good stuff in that that's free because um, we always love free girls and guys. Um, there's a lot of things. I love the I love the graphics. So whoever does your graphics is awesome. But the crying over spilt milk, guys. I, I welcome you to go read that. She just posted that um, also. It's really good. I won't tell you about it, but um, it does take me back to childhood in some ways because I did cry over spilt milk. But I was an only child, so I got my way. That's my problem now. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Royce. You have a wonderful night. God bless. Guys, thanks for listening. Uh, We're out, and see you next Sunday, uh, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, Whispers from the Heart Radio. Good night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.